0: and had a great time diving in uh, to the lessons that God taught in those parables. Uh, so thankful for the last 10 weeks. Thankful for Adam stepping in on one of those weeks and a uh, great sermon titled Double or Nothing. All those sermons are on our YouTube channel, on our website. If you missed any of them, uh, you can go back and catch up. We're starting today on a series called Unwrapping Christmas. Uh, we had these last Sunday. Several, people of you, several of you got them. If you did not, uh, this is a little devotional. You're a little bit behind, but that's okay. That's where I stay in life—a uh, little behind, always trying to catch up. Um, but we've got these at the door back here on the little tables. You go out, so please grab one. It's a 30-day devotional, um, and it's going to work through. And I'm going to go in the same order as them as it relates to Advent. So you take each week um, and take a topic, a gift that God gave at Christmas, a gift that we can expect that we can we can uh, hold. Hold with full confidence in. uh, And we're going to take each one of those each week. Um, And so this will follow along. It'll give you something daily to read. It's short, like two pages, take like five minutes. um, And I'd encourage you to do that. Get one of these. It's called The Gifts of Christmas. I titled my sermon series Unwrapping Christmas. So I got a gift here from Bethany. Actually, she just wrapped it. It's not from her. Um, But I got a gift here. And so we're going to do this each week. We're going to talk about, uh, you remember a kid, as a kid, maybe as an adult, you got something you're hoping for, looking forward to at Christmas. I always remember Christmas as, you know, this, this heightened, uh, you know, you're counting down the days, you're making your list. We always used um, the JCPenney as like a wish book or a catalog I'd go through and circle this and circle that and trying to figure out uh, what I was wanting for Christmas. And just looking forward to what was going to be under the tree. Um, and so this morning, we're going to unwrap today the first gift of Christmas that we want to talk about in these four weeks. And so let's do it. This is going to be uneventful, but it's fun. You already know what's in it. Who knows what's in it? Nothing? That'd be typical. Let's see. Who in here likes to see the bow when you're ripping stuff open? Hey, my mic went off, I think. Oh, look at this, it's way better than I thought it would. She really did do something. See, I had printed on a piece of paper the word hope and I thought she just wrapped that piece of paper, which she's amazing, but she took a block of wood and made a craft that says hope. Bethany Bethany did it, yes, Bethany, not me when I do things I copy and paste and hit print she did not make it boy we're in a mess Rita Rita made it she's not even here how'd she make it it was already made oh you can buy it next Saturday this is for sale this is hope okay so what what you can do, and we'd encourage you to do this with your family um, at home, you take a candle, you take five candles, and each week as you lead into the four weeks before Christmas into, into, uh, through Advent, you light each candle. So this morning we're going to light the one for hope. And we've got this. I'm going to try to lay it here. I didn't practice this. But it worked. And so we're going to talk about the power of hope this morning, we've unwrapped it. It is open, it is out, it is not on fire. Somebody's in charge of watching that. We're gonna talk about hope and what uh, what it means, what it meant uh, to the people of Jesus' time, and more importantly, what it means to us. Hope is a, it, it, it is a vision, it is about a positive confidence, a vision in the future, and here's what's beautiful about its it, is it, it when you have hope, it transforms your present. It transforms where you are in this place and time. When you have have hope, uh, you know. The, in in Eastern Kentucky, we've seen a lot of people lose hope economically. Uh, we've seen a lot of challenges, and there was a story that CNN came down and did three or four years ago. Um, and uh, it was Van Jones, I think is the guy's name. He came down to Williamson, West Virginia, and did a story, and he interviewed some coal miners and different people, and it was all about, you know, the change in the administration in D.C., a new president, all this good stuff, and, um, and, and, but he had a line in there that I thought was so critical. He said this after interviewing all of them, and I thought it was probably the most fair kind of look at what has been happening here, um, but he said this. He said, hope is a fragile thing hope is a fragile thing but it's critically important Uh, sometimes in these types of situations we can get misplaced hope we can get misplaced hope we can put hope in things that will let us down we'll put hope Uh, Into people, into circumstances, into power, into money, into careers, into political parties, into political leaders. We'll put hope in places, and it's very often you'll be uh, let down. I was at this one thing, and this lady was speaking, and she said this. If you don't have a hope to make it to successful adulthood, and she was talking about impoverished areas you have nothing to lose if you don't have hope to make it to a positive successful adulthood you have nothing to lose and she was talking about what that can mean in communities and in places hope is mentioned over 200 times in the Bible you want me to quote them nope good because I can't the vision. Uh, this vision for the future of hope, it transformed the present. It's a confident expectation in the future. Let me read you a verse, if you would, that's going to be kind of our anchor verse for this morning. Uh, You all are going to get excited about this because some of you, some people walked in this morning ready to give up on something. And when you're ready to give up, it means you're starting to lose hope. If you're starting to lose hope, it means you've had your hope in the wrong things. And so that's the circle. we're going to break today. We're going to break that down today, and you're going to leave. You're not going to give up, okay, because we're going to anchor our hope in Christ. This is a verse in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Uh, Paul writing here, he says, May the God, not the God who gives hope, not the, the God who, who can deliver hope or the God that knows about hope. He says, May the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace and faith so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to talk this morning about uh, the God of hope. See, when you have misplaced hope, when you put hope in a person, you put hope in a spouse or significant other, and uh, I'm just speaking uh, from Bethany's experience, your spouse will let you down. (laughs) They're not perfect, I'm not perfect. I've let her down many times. You will find that when you put your hope in your job and your career that we've seen that happen to so many people around us that they wake up one day and it's all gone and we begin to lose hope, you've been let down. But see, there's a hope here, a God of hope, that in, uh, in Titus, Paul said this, and this is a God who cannot lie. And this is a God who cannot lie. When he promises to do things, he'll do them. Hebrews 11, chapter 1 says, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. Here's some, everything else is probability when it comes to our life, spouses, careers, money, education, all that good stuff, life, wealth. Uh, it's Maybe we'll get it. But here's some promises. Jesus will come again. You really are not condemned in Christ Jesus. You really are forgiven not just forgiven but you are cleansed of all the bad stuff all the things you've been feeling guilty for when you come to him and you repent and you give it all him you are not only forgiven but you're cleansed made white as snow. not only are you cleansed the Bible says we are made new that I promise if you give your life to Christ you become a new being in Christ You really will receive a reconciled, a fully redeemed, and a resurrected body. This will happen. These are promises we can stand on. I want to talk to you just for a minute about what Jesus meant, his birth, and that manger, and the Christmas story, what it meant to Israel. I don't want to take much too much time here, but I want you to understand, because uh, you know some things, we're a little impatient these days. Uh, I'm impatient, you're impatient. But Romans 15:12, the verse before this one, Uh, says this and again isaiah says the root of jesse will spring up one who will rise to rule over the nations and in him the gentiles will hope and then he goes on to say this may the god of internet here's what we what i did i loved uh i don't know why the seattle supersonic sean kemp uh a lot of know everybody's like who in the world is that and why'd you love him uh, but I just like basketball, like that team. But I used to, I, when, I, when we first got the internet, I would try to get online and download pictures of him playing ball. I would try to download pictures, not stream video. Like I would go to a page and start it, and I would go make a sandwich and come back, and the picture would be halfway down. You remember those days? We got some people remember dial up, but here's what happened to Israel. They had got promised a Messiah, a Messiah, someone who was going to come and rule over all the nations, be the king like they'd never seen, a prophet of all prophets. And from the first prophecy about Jesus, how long did it take before he came? A thousand years. A thousand years. While we sit here on this side of Jesus coming, we can look back and, and we're not waiting expectantly like they were for a Messiah, a person who was going to make every, you know, come in and, and their mind, solve all their problems, be the one that God had promised them. We can see back and we can see that He came as a baby. We can look forward knowing that He's going to come again. And we're, we're in that space. We're, we're looking forward to what Christmas means to us now. And what Jesus means to us now. But they waited a thousand uh, years. We give up in two minutes. (laughs) We lose heart in two minutes. I'm sure in those thousand years and we've seen there's some stories of the time that Children of Israel just they got they 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 just gave up they they lost sight they they thought God made this promise He's not going to deliver on it I mean it went from generation to generation now they're just hearing stories my great 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 grandfather said there's going to be a Messiah and just slowly over time they began to lose hope the Bible tells us though that Jesus uh, scholars tell us there were nearly 300 references to 61 specific prophecies about Jesus and that he fulfilled them all. From from multiple different writers over a thousand years given prophecy God given prophecy about a Messiah that was going to come some man that was going to come He was going to be from Bethlehem it was going to be born of a virgin uh, uh, no bones were going to be broken all these prophecies and there are different people writing about all of them so all, everybody he's saying who is this Jesus was he really really just a teacher that, that, that there's been calculated there's basically essentially no way by chance a man could have met all of these specific prophecies Jesus Christ was God in the flesh, and He had told the world that He was coming, and they had hope in Him. This gives us, uh, this this gives us hope in the present. I said, you know, a confident hope, a vision for the future, gives us reason. It changes it, transforms us in the present and how we act and and how we how we think. Um, I want to take just a minute, because here's what can happen uh, with misplaced hope and in this season. We get confronted every day uh, with what the idealistic Christmas season looks like. And then we come home to our reality. Does that make sense? That we all watch a Hallmark movie. And we see how it just is amazing how everything always works out in the end. And that's fun to watch for some of us, some of us not so much. But it gives us kind of this this difficulty that we grapple with our own life. We begin trying to kind of live through this idea of what Christmas and family and what it should be like. And, And we say, "God, it's idealistic, it should be like that, but my reality isn't like that. My reality is not like that. Actually, you know, I don't get, you know, a week off around Christmas. That I might actually have to work on Christmas and be away from my family. Or, you know what, I might not be getting to work at all. I, don't, I may be out of work going into Christmas. And I don't even know how I'm going to pay for Christmas or we may not have we may have broken relationships in our family we may have lost loved ones for many people this season can be a difficult season the idealistic of what the christmas season what we've grown up hearing about christmas does not always meet our reality We're not talking about hope for something. We're talking about hope in somebody. Not hope for something, but hope in somebody. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. He has given us a new birth. Listen to this. Into a living hope into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He he has put us in a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This gives us the chance during a difficult time when our idealistic, what we wish Christmas was like, and our reality where we can anchor ourselves in living hope. And we can go back to this verse that says, May the God of hope, not may your circumstances, not maybe the people around you, I mean not, not the, the things that are happening you're trying to do, not your list of failures or successes, but may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace so that you may overflow with hope. There's three things I've found out about uh, people who have hope um, Let's see. Oh, I want to read this. I want to read this verse first because uh, it's in, it's important. It's one of my favorite verses of all time. It's is my favorite. Uh, it is my favorite verse. I'm going to go here first, and this is about Abraham. And this is Paul writing in Romans telling the story about Abraham and the Old Testament, the patriarchs of the Old Testament who had faith, and, and God counted it unto them as righteousness because of their faith and because they lived out their faith in their works, and it was evident that they believed and they trusted God. You know, God came to Abraham and said, listen, what God was telling him as reality did not match up. Right? He came to Abraham and said, you're going to be the father of many nations. You're going to have a baby. You're going to have children. Right? Him and his wife were 100 years old, and he was like, there's no way this can happen. But here's what Paul wrote about him. Paul wrote this about him, against all hope. And here's what I want to speak to you in your presence situation where you are right now and what God is saying is Abraham against all hope what he's saying against everything that you look around and see and it looks like circumstances are everywhere against you that the devil is fighting with everything he's got and Abraham could look around and say this by all means of a measure of this world is impossible it says in Abraham Abraham in hope believed Against all hope, in hope, hope in God, in Christ, anchored in who God says he was and what God said was going to be done, that is what Abraham believed in. We can do the same. This is the verse immediately before that. It says this, in God's presence about Abraham, he believed that God can raise the dead. Not only to believe that God can raise the dead, listen to this, And call into being things that don't even exist yet. Let us against hope believe in hope. Because there's three things about people with hope. The first one is they plan for the future. Why is hope a fragile thing? Because when you lose hope, you stop thinking about tomorrow. You stop thinking about this evening. You stop, you stop planning for a, week from, for a week from now. You stop talking to God about what's next. And, and the Bible says be careful about planning. He says don't go out on your own and plan. You're going to go here and here and do that without seeking. whether That's God's will. But He's calls us to be speaking to him. And he's called us to do things. And he's called us to be planning for the future. And people with hope plan for the future the second thing that they are is they are contagious have you noticed this have you noticed it can bring it just takes one person to come into your friends or your network and 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 maybe Uh, and maybe this can go either way maybe all of your friends are so positive and have so much hope for the future and you're talking about the future and it takes one person to get in the mix and just be like, nope, that ain't going to work no this, no that, no this, no this, no that everything's bad, they're awful people that's never going to, just like total everything is bad about everything and everybody just like that's contagious so is hope this is how Christ changed the world this gift at Christmas of true, sincere, deeply anchored hope is contagious. It'll change the way you live. It'll change the way you act. It'll change the way you treat people. And it is contagious. We saw in Romans 15, it says that hope will overflow out of us. And that's what it should do at Christmas. The third thing, the third thing when we're in anchored in hope we plan for the future we become contagious people are going to catch this good thing that's in us because we're just overflowing with love and compassion and kindness Uh, and then the third thing is we're just like abraham when we get against all hope when we are so downtrodden we are anchored in christ's and the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us, and when we, as a, as a, as our feeble selves are slowly given up, we'll feel this power of confidence that is God inside of us, that promises faith and patience grow perseverance, and that when against hope, when we believe in hope, we don't give up. I got takeaways here as we get ready to close for two different groups. People the first is for uh for Christians. You're here, you're a believer, you you've you've given your life to Christ, you've placed your faith in him. You're a child of God. I got two things I'll ask for you. One is uh and this is in all sincerity. Um if if you're struggling and and many of us many of us are if you're struggling with with hope in the christmas season just i'm going to tell you this book i want you to get it i want you to actually do it i want you to read it not because of this book but this book is full of god's word and what can happen is this when, when we're starting to slip through and we're, we're slipping down, we're feeling like giving up, then it's because we've put our hope in the wrong things. And, and, and we, man, Christmas is so busy. It is so much pressure from every angle to, to have the right decorations, to, to get the right gifts for the right people, to do the right things, to look the right way. Uh, and there's so much pressure on these things that are just going to leave you feeling empty come December 26th. That's the only way I know to, to say it. And instead of me telling you, get, just do a little less of that. And this is what the Bible teaches. It says, don't try on your own to do less bad things. It says, fill your heart with good things. That's a paraphrase. It says, fill your heart with his word. Be filled with the spirit, and you'll begin to see your mind change and your heart change through this season. So I want you to do this. Do it as a family. Uh, I mean, surely we can... I'm five to ten minutes a day to spend some devotional time in God's Word. Do this for me. Uh, that's That's my first ask of Christians. The second one is I want you to identify your misplaced hopes. What has it been in your life that's disappointed you, that's got you frustrated right now, that's let you down? that's got you feeling like giving up, that's giving in, throwing the towel in, who or what has let you down? I'd like you to write it down. Maybe share it with a friend or a spouse. Say, listen, I've really, I've, I've anchored who I am and everything I am on my job, and it's just, I'm empty. It's let me down. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to place my hope in the promises of God this morning if you're not a Christian and you may be here with family or friends uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that right now in this moment while we're sharing God's word and the truth truth of Jesus and that that we can find living hope through the Jesus Christ and his resurrection that he's speaking to you that he's calling you and he's using me, a broken, a messed up. Uh, you know I'm by no means perfect just to share this gospel message, the truth, the good news of who Jesus Christ is for you. And he's offering anyone who will accept it eternal life with him forever with God. He's offering that to you. But more importantly... More importantly, and this is how I want to summarize this morning for you. It's an invitation uh, for you right now that you can be forgiven all the guilt, all the the bad things that you've carried along with you, and they're keeping you up at night. And maybe you're so far gone, you you don't even care anymore. Your conscience is almost seared. You can do any bad thing you want, and it doesn't even bother you. It's a scary place to be in. We talked about it several weeks ago. But he's offering something you do not have. I can promise you that. He's offering you something you do not have and you will not find anywhere else. You can't go uh, to Marshall's and get it. You can't go to Hobby Lobby and get it. You don't have it. Absent Christ. You don't have hope this morning as we prepare for a song I'm so thankful for this I'm so thankful that there's nothing I can do to get it I'm so thankful that in in my faith in Christ I have hope because I know I have purpose because I know who my creator is and I have a relationship with him and I'm not perfect and I know nothing I'm going to do wrong today is going to send me to hell because he's wrapped me in his love and his mercy and his grace and he's given me hope so I can wake up tomorrow no matter what's gone wrong and what's bad. I can trust that all things work together for good. He's given me hope and you won't have it. You won't have it without him. I'm going to ask Layla to come up. We're going to sing a song. We're going to stand. This is a song she wrote, I believe. And um, I've asked her to come sing it and share it with you. Uh, The words are beautiful. If you can feel it in your heart this this morning, the power of hope, the power of hope. To transform your life. To make you a new beginning. To make you a new creature. To to just give hope in your marriage. To give hope in your family. to, To share that hope with your kids and the next generation. That is what is at stake here this morning. And we can't find it anywhere else. This song, I read the words. And they're beautiful. It says that Jesus... Knew my name. When you were doing everything wrong, he knew my name when I didn't care about him. He knew my name when I I was, uh, at times didn't even believe in him. He still knew my name and was walking. It's the same for you. If you refuse to know him, he knows you. And he's calling you. He knows your name he knows your name this morning he knows where you've been he knows your story and he doesn't turn away he loves you anyway God's with your heart this morning, won't you come pray, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. It doesn't matter, the altar is open, to so just come pray. He already knows your name uh, he is a source of living water that gives us hope that can give you hope and we'll never thirst again this morning as we go into this Christmas season anchor down here anchor on Christ don't anchor on anything else see uh, one of these one of these chapters here in this first seven days That read different devotionals about hope. It says we have a present hope. And in Hebrews 6, 19, it says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. That in these times and the storms and the troubles and trials, that he is firm and secure. Let us anchor there today. No, you're fine. But the wonderful saying in the space, we're in that book. You know, it's <laughs> time for me to be hurt so bad that we can't die. We can forgive you to the world Amen. We love you, Brother Roy. Anchor me and keep me low. Amen. 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 If you would, as we get ready uh, to dismiss, please get one of these books. We're giving them to you. Take one. Uh, you you were supposed to read the seven days leading into hope this last week. It won't take you long to get caught up. Don't get caught up. Just start on the next one. Whatever, next week, I can't tell you what I'm going to be unwrapping because it's supposed to be a surprise, but you'll know it when you get the book.